Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. There is a difference between supporting vaccines and supporting vaccine mandates. I have no problem with someone that makes the decision for themselves to get the COVID vaccine shots and boosters and everything else they want. That is a personal decision that they can make and and live with the decision to do so or, or not to do so. What many people are increasingly upset about is how liberal politicians and bureaucrats have used the pandemic to seize control of many parts of our everyday lives. Instead of saying that, you know, please get the shot, it won't protect you from COVID, but if you'd like to take it, it's available. No, they have made it increasingly harder to live your life the way that you want to if you don't do what they say. And this, in any other context, is called totalitarianism. Now, totalitarianism, just like communism and socialism and any other leftist form of government, is where others make the important decision in your life for you. These decisions, uh, you are considered too stupid or ignorant to have the responsibility for over your own life. And, and, (laughs) and, And you need the state to run like a parent to keep you and others safe. And, and, and you see, safety is usually the vehicle used to gain this kind of power and control because who in the right mind could be against keeping people safe? <laughs> the, the type of government in this country that we have here is called a representative democracy. Now, That means that we elect representatives that make rules and laws for us. If we don't like them, we can get rid of them by way of a vote. And this kind of governmental system, believe it or not, even though we've been around for over 200 years, is considered an experiment. When you put it in context of the history of, of the world, it literally is an experiment. And it has never been tried before. And then, yes... There have been democracies, but, you know, democracies, they they just don't work because they eventually break down into mob rule. Our founding fathers knew this, and they also knew the other side of the coin, and that was totalitarianism. So what they came up with as our little experiment here in America was, was based on individual rights given to us by God. Since the government was not the one giving us these rights, then the government couldn't take away those rights from us. These rights are spelled out in the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. And some of these rights, as as many of you know, are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In other words, the freedom to make our own choices. They contended that the freedom of these individual rights were of higher priority than the consensus of the whole. I know it's a kind of a, a, a weird way of looking at it in today's world, but for instance, I have the right to own a bathtub, for instance. 
And, and the government can't say that I can't have one because, you know, there's a few people that die in bathtubs every year. If we lose these individual rights, the nation as a whole will suffer and die. They placed the power and the control of your life in your hands, not in the hands of some dictator or unelected government official. So what has been happening over the last couple of years since COVID came on the scene has, has been really very disturbing to, to, to a lot of people. But the Bible says that people are like sheep. <laughs> it, call, it calls us sheep. Sheep are, are not good leaders. <laughs> if you know anything about sheep, you, you find very few good leaders in sheep. <laughs> they will follow the crowd and very seldom like to stand out. This is, this is actually what the, the fashion industry banks on, that you won't stand out or you don't want to even stand out. And so you will buy what else, what, what everybody else is wearing and they can make a lot of money from you buying what everyone else is buying. <laughs> What, what I have been waiting for in this country is for courageous people that understand the importance of freedom to stand up and say enough is enough, to, to band together and say that we no longer will do what you say we have to do. And, and there's, there's been some that have done this, but for the most part, these have been small little protests that really only hurt the protesters and do very little to change what is happening. But then from our neighbors to the north comes this. This is from the BBC News and, and back on the 30th of January. It says, after a, a week-long drive across Canada, a convoy of big rigs has arrived in the nation's capital to protest vaccine mandates and COVID-19 measures. Organizers insist it will be peaceful but police say they're prepared for trouble. <laughs> it's been dubbed the Freedom Convoy, and it's got the country talking. The, the movement was sparked by a vaccine mandate for truckers crossing the U.S.-Canada border. The, implemented by the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, a liberal government, uh, uh, they're basically their president there in Canada earlier this last month. Now, Basically, what's happening is that, that the truckers have been able to come into the U.S., bringing goods from Canada into the U.S., and then come back to Canada. But now, what Justin Trudeau has, has set up as of January 15th was that they, when you went from Canada into the U.S. and then tried to get back into Canada as a, as a Canadian trucker, you had to actually um, wait a quarantine time. Uh, in order to get back into Canada, unless you were vaccinated. Upset with the new measure that would require the, these unvaccinated Canadian truckers crossing the two nations' boundaries to quarantine once once they return home, a, a loose coalition of truckers and conservative groups began to organize the cross-country drive that began in Western Canada. It picked up steam and gathered support as it drove east. Many supporters already opposed 
to Mr. Trudeau and his politics have grown frustrated with pandemic measures that they see as political overreach. And, <laughs> and who wouldn't, right? Social media and news footage shows truckers and um, companion vehicles snaking along highways, cheering, uh, and, and they've been actually cheered on by people gathered on roadsides and overpasses, often waving Canadian flags and signs, disparaging, uh, you know, Trudeau. <laughs> a, a GoFundMe campaign has raised funds from over 100,000 donors. That's amazing. And the usual protests even caught the, the attention of, of uh, people outside the Canadian borders with podcaster Joe Rogan and Donald Trump Jr., the, the son of the former U.S. president, and, and British comedian Russell Brand showing support. The protesters plan to stay in downtown Ottawa near the Parliament Hill for at least the weekend, and their demands have grown from uh, reversing the border vaccine mandate to ending all such mandates nationwide. Quote, we want to be free. We want to have our choice again. We want hope. And the government has taken that away. Now, this was a quote from Harold Longer, uh, a trucker and 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 actually truck company owner. Uh, and he told the BBC as he drove through the town of Brockville, which is about 72 miles from Ottawa last Friday, he said that uh, the, the convoy has been peaceful as it passes through Canadian towns and cities. And Ottawa police have said that they're in touch with organizers who've been cooperative. But police say they are concerned about how the convoy has attracted extremist rhetoric. <laughs> and some far-right groups have suggested they might also head to Ottawa. <laughs> Quote, the demonstrations this weekend will be unique, fluid, risky, and significant. Ottawa Police Chief Peter Soli said on Friday, noting that they are uh, of a massive in scale, and unfortunately, they are polarizing in nature. So the police are, of course, sounding the alarm uh, over this. He said that police are preparing for um, potential parallel and counter demonstrations and we're concerned about people on social media in Canada and abroad who may or may not come to the city, but who are nevertheless inciting hate, violence, and in some cases, criminality. <laughs> Isn't that such a worn out argument? <laughs> Organizers have called out fringe elements, urging uh, participants to report any mis uh, misbehavior. And Mr. Jonker, who also... Uh, said extremists would not be welcome. Now, police have urged locals to avoid the gridlock in the downtown core. And judging by the pictures and videos uh, from this weekend, man, uh, yeah, it, it is a gridlock down there at the core. Thousands of vehicles and participants are expected uh, for the weekend uh, of planned demonstrations. Uh, and on Saturday, the streets were crowded with vehicles and people gathering near Parliament Hill. Canadians are broadly supportive of vaccine mandates, according to this article. Over 80% of the eligible population is fully vaccinated, said, said Trudeau. And, and he's, he's denouncing this convoy uh, and its supporters as, quote, 
small fringe minority, unquote. Again, he's missing the point, and of course on purpose, but they're, they're not saying that people shouldn't get vaccinated. That's a personal choice. What they're saying is it shouldn't be mandatory that people are vaccinated. But the convoy has received some support from conservative politicians who say it's become a symbol of the fatigue and division felt in Canada two years into the pandemic. And while the truckers in the convoy are frustrated with COVID measures they see as governmental uh, overreach, Mr. Trudeau's new cross-border mandate has raised concerns for other reasons. Like many countries, Canada is dealing with rising inflation and a supply chain already strained by the pandemic, labor shortages, and bad weather. Prices are on the rise, including for food and petrol. Of course, (laughs) BBC is going to call it petrol or gas. Uh, It's been getting harder to find some products on the grocery store shelves. And Canada's economy is heavily dependent on the men and women who drive the vast majority of food and goods consumed in the country across the border. The truck drivers worked the cross-border routes, um, and and they had previously been exempt from the mandates. They were considered essential workers. The Canadian Trucking Alliance estimated that 85 to 90 percent of the 120,000 Canadian truck drivers who worked cross-border routes are vaccinated and said on Saturday that it appeared many of the protesters in Ottawa have no connection to the industry. (laughs) While the alliance does not support the convoy and has said the industry must adopt uh, the the mandate, it is said the measure could remove as many as 16,000 drivers from these routes. Numerous business groups have also said that they're worried the mandate's timing will only aggravate existing supply chain issues. Well, yeah, of course it's going to, but it's not this that's doing that. It is the government's overreach, that is. Quote, everything that Canadians depend on, food, clothing, electronics, everything arrives on the backs of trucks. And this is uh, this, this was said by Ambrish Chandra, an associate professor at Rodman uh, school of Management, who studies the U.S. border, uh, and he told BBC this. He said he's he's wary of the mandate as there's a real threat to unintended consequences. Mr. Trudeau, who who's uh, who sees boosting vaccination rates as the key tool in fighting the COVID pandemic, which again I don't understand. I mean, if if you can still get it. Even if you get vaccinated, why is this the key to fighting the pandemic? But that's another podcast. As as accused, um, Trudeau has accused the conservative politicians worrying about possible supply chain issues of fear-mongering. Oh, yeah. Again, another tired argument. And has shown no intention of backing down. Trucker Mr. Jonkers, as we talked about earlier, says that he's ready to stay in Ottawa for the long haul. <laughs> you get that, the long haul. Uh, the He said, quote, the intent is actually to stay until all these mandates are dropped. Some people can stay one day. Some people can stay five days. But all the truck drivers are used to camping in the trucks for all week long. Quote, we are staying here until we have to go, until we can go back to work, he said. And there are signs that this thing is working. 
from the Daily Wire is this, um, and this is from January 29th, says the leader of, of a Canadian province expressed his support for the Freedom Convoy, truck, the trucker protest currently underway in Canada, and pledged to end vaccine mandates in his province. That's, that's really interesting, isn't it? Scott Moe, the premier of Saskatchewan, issued a letter Saturday endorsing the convoy, which was organized to obviously protest Canadian vaccine mandates. Moe began his letter by thanking truckers across the country for helping the nation's economy continue to function uh, during this the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you he said, for delivering the food and household products we all use every day, the parts and equipment that keep our farms and industry running and every other kind of food and goods and products that you can imagine, Mo wrote. He said, if you bought something today, a trucker delivered it. So thank you. Quote, you also deserve a special thank you for everything you've done over the past two years since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. In the early days of the pandemic, when we did not know much about COVID-19, we shut a lot of things down and asked most people to stay home, but not truckers. And we asked you to keep working, despite the risk, because of how much we rely on you to keep our, sh- our shelves stocked and our economy going, and our communities open. Now, Mo championed the, the response uh, from, the, from the truckers who continued to work during the pandemic, and, and truckers stepped up and kept on hauling. They crossed uh, provincial borders, and they crossed the U.S. border, and you did this prior to rapid tests, and prior to early intervention treatments, and prior to vaccines, and you took the necessary precautions. You kept yourselves and those around you safe, and you delivered the things that people in Saskatchewan needed to live. That's that's what he had to say. Now, Mo clarified his position on vaccines, writing that he is fully vaccinated, and he is boosted, actually. He also said that while the vaccine did not prevent him from contracting COVID-19, he believes it prevented him from becoming a serious risk of, of, uh, of, of being seriously sick. He says, my experience was similar to many other vaccinated people, Mo wrote, that vaccination does not keep you from contracting COVID-19, but it does prevent most people from becoming seriously ill. Now, again, that's a whole nother podcast that we can get into whether or not that's actually true or not, but that's what he believes. And even though he believes it, he is saying that this mandate is not good and he's going to work on trying to open up his Providence uh, border and and make sure the mandate doesn't affect his Providence. Quote, however, the current federal policy does, does pose a significant risk to Canadians' economy and to the supply chain in our Saskatchewan communities. Where you and I live, he said, this federal policy will increase the cost of living, which is now rising at a rate that is creating significant hardship for many Canadians. And he said, that is why our government supports your call to end cross-border ban on unvaccinated truckers. And it is why, in the not-too-distant future, our government will be ending our proof of negative tests 
and proof of vaccination policy in Saskatchewan. That's awesome. That's really, really good from somebody who is taking the courageous route. The most support comes as the province of Nova Scotia kind of went the other way. They made it illegal to gather on in, uh, uh, provincial highways to support the convoy. So Nova Scotia, instead of doing what um, Saskatchewan did or is doing here, they decided, oh, well, we don't want people supporting this convoy. The Daily Wire reported that the government of Nova Scotia issued a directive that would impose severe fines on individuals or groups who attempted to gather on highways in support of the convoy. We wouldn't want people to, you know, demonstrate. <laughs> Quote, the directive also applies to people who stop or gather alongside Highway 104, the Nova Scotia-New Brunswick border, or the uh, Cobequid Pass, I think I pronounced that correctly, and tolling area in support of the 2022 Freedom Convoy, the Atlantic Hold the Line event, or other organized uh, to, uh, to interfere with traffic. And this is what a news release said. Following people to, uh, to gather in those areas would put themselves and others at risk. So again, here is the government masters coming to save your skin, right? So we got to give them all our control so that they can make sure that we're okay and safe. Now, this has become a really big thing with, with, with a lot of support, this, this convoy. Uh, from uh, CBC, which is, of course, Canadian news, on January 27th, organizers of a demonstration uh, protesting vaccine mandates outside Canada's parliament have reportedly said that they have enough money to keep trucks there for up to four years. Yes, four years. Thousands of protesters uh, converged on Parliament Hill in Ottawa over the weekend, joined by truckers who had traveled across Canada as a part of the Freedom Convoy. Although initially organized to oppose vaccine mandates for truck uh, drivers across the, the U.S. Canadian border, it has actually grown in recent days into a movement against COVID-19 restrictions in general, and, of course, against Justin Trudeau's government. The demonstration in Ottawa on Saturday saw truckers block the streets and around Canadians' parliament building, and some have pledged to stay in the area to continue their protest. Convoy or organizers say they have enough funds to keep the trucks on Parliament Hill for up to four years. And that's according to... Keenan Bexty, an independent Canadian journalist. It comes uh, as a GoFundMe campaign. Get this, a GoFundMe campaign called uh, Freedom Convoy 2022 surpassed more than $7.1 million. Now that's U.S. dollars. And in Canadian dollars, that's 9.1 Canadian, 9.1 million Canadian dollars in donations. The page was launched earlier this month by Tamara Litch, who she's the secretary of the Maverick Party, to help truckers with the cost of gas and other expenses for the demonstration. So what has their prime minister or you know, their president done uh, because of this? Well, in an article from the New York Post, it's entitled, Canadian truckers send Trudeau into hiding. 
and just might help in the COVID mandates. And this, again, comes from the 30th of January. It says, you've heard of Hayden Biden? <laughs> Our neighbor to the north just outdid that with cut and run Justin. <laughs> with the pandemic in full swing, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau urged Canadians to show support to, for those helping to keep food on their tables. While many of us are working from home, there are others who aren't able to do that. Like the truck drivers who are working day and night to make sure our shelves are stocked. So when you can, please hashtag thank a trucker for everything they, they're doing and help them however you can. This is, this is actually a tweet from March 31st of 2020 by Trudeau. Trudeau had a chance to thank thousands of them personally over the weekend as the truckers who've assembled what they call the Freedom Convoy to protest the COVID vaccine mandates and restrictions, uh, cruised into the Capitol. Instead, he fled, <laughs> breaking isolation to do it because he has COVID right now. <laughs> Him and his family have COVID, and he broke his quarantine in order to flee. On Saturday, the Trudeaus moved from their official Ottawa residence to the classic undisclosed location. <laughs> Dad, or Trudeau, had started a five-day isolation Wednesday after one of his kids tested COVID positive, but security accompanied the first family as he fled. While Justin was comfortably in hiding, thousands braved the extreme cold and warned uh, to join the truck drivers who'd come to Parliament Hill from points east and west. Some say they don't. They won't leave until lawmakers remove the restrictions, or Trudeau resigns. Three days before Trudeau holed up, uh, he was dismissive of the rolling thunder approach, <laughs> and he's, as he said, the small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa are uh, who are holding unacceptable views that they are expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science and stepping up to protect each other is the best way to ensure our rights, our freedoms, our values as a country. <laughs> Can you tell he's a politician? Um, <laughs> President Biden isn't the only leader lecturing his citizens, obviously, on the content uh, about what is what is thought and what is supposed to be approved, right? The cluelessness about the, the widespread anger over nearly two years of seemingly endless emergency rules and restrictions. It's just amazing. The Freedom Convoy started as a vehicle to protest the mandate, uh, which went into effect on January 15th that all travelers are fully vaccinated uh, before the uh, crossing back into Canada, as we talked about. Now, Canadians and Americans see the vaccination and the unvaccinated alike sp uh, spread the virus that's, that's mutated into a less dangerous variant now and wonder why they have to show their papers to make a living. They watch Case numbers drop along with deaths and hospitalizations, and they want to know when they're getting their lives back. The GoFundMe 
uh, for this small fringe minority <laughs> raised, as we talked about, uh, over $9 million in just two weeks. And that's in Canadian dollars. But of course, you know, they're buying things in Canadian, right? Um, and people uh, across the cold country uh, organized rallies to cheer on the truckers uh, when they passed. There was a 76-year-old Ottawa woman that that worked around the clock to bake the convoy 10 dozen muffins. And, and another woman, just half her age, that, that made a bunch of t-shirts uh, that said, thank you truckers on it. Conservative leaders uh, like Aaron uh, Toole um, couldn't resist the, to, to say things like it's it's not that the leadership uh, it, it is not for the leader of the opposition or political party to attend protests on the Hill. But he went ahead and did so anyway. <laughs> um, the elite media also um, paint the protesters as stupid hicks and you know claiming they don't understand the provincial governments and all the different things it, it it's it's the same thing that happens here in the u.s so it's it's not a big surprise uh, if if one providence though because now that we see saskatchewan uh, saying we're going to lift those mandates they're saying that you know this might just be the the the, the straw that breaks the camel's back and that it's going to uh, go all over the different providences there. So one courageous uh, person and all these courageous people, these truckers have started the ball rolling. Now I am proud of what the truckers are doing in Canada. They are standing up for their rights. In Canada, they don't even have as many rights guaranteed to them as we do here in the United States. But they're doing something tangible. And it really is making a difference. Would love to see more of that here in our country. And you may agree with me. You may disagree with me. Would definitely love to hear from you on this one. And of course, you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Organite Communications. 